Stay tuned for the golden days of radio in just one moment. Drink to me only with thine eyes. Those seven words are mighty wise. So if you drive, don't liquorize. Make up your mind. The one you guzzle for the road could leave your future status quo. As off to the graveyard you are towed. Make up your mind. Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. What's in a name? If you were called George, you'll be interested to know that your name is of Greek derivation and means husbandman which translates literally to tiller of the soil. As a lance corporal, your rank means acting corporal, derived from lance passade, which stands for a fully trained soldier of a grade superior to private, and which is an indication that you can take charge when the need arises. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Rita Hayworth, George Burns and Gracie Allen, John Conti, Frank Morgan, and comedian Harpo Marx. During the 40s, servicemen at home and overseas were royally entertained by the Armed Forces Radio Service. In addition to rebroadcasts of regular stateside programs, there were many shows that were produced exclusively for servicemen. Here's one of the most popular. Mail call from the United States of America. Stand by, Americans. Here's Mail Call. One big package of words and music and laughter delivered to you by the stars from whom you want to hear in answer to the requests you send to Armed Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA. This is John Conti introducing your first signature on this Mail Call letter. Well, gang, it seems that everyone has a problem of some sort these days with the result that every time you tune your radio on, you hear the Court of Human Relations, the Goodwill Court, or Mr. John J. Anthony. Well, we've decided to get into the swim and present our own problem forum. So, uh, <clears throat> if there's anyone in the audience who has a perplexing problem, just step right up to the microphone, and I'll be glad to solve it for you. Well, let's open the first case. Oh, that's splendid, John. I just happen to have a corkscrew with me. Frank Morgan! <laughs> <laughs> Frank, but, look, you don't understand. What? The case I was talking about is a problem. You're telling me a yeah. case is getting to be more of a problem every day. <laughs> Frank, you might as well stop smacking your lips because the only case I was referring to is the first contestant in our problem forum. Yeah? You see, tonight, I'm going to be mail calls Mr. Anthony. You, jockey? Uh -huh. You're going to solve people's problems? Right. Where can you get cigarettes? Uh, <laughs> besides, if there are any problems to be solved, I'm the man who should solve them. You? Remember, you're not as old as I am. Well, who is? <laughs> well, let's get started here. If there's anyone in the audience who has a problem, just step up on the stage and I'll do my best to... Just a minute, just a minute. Sorry, fellas. 
No discharges. <laughs> well, Pancho, <laughs> I have a man here who seems to have a problem. Yeah? Maybe you can help him out. Why, of course. Step right up, young man. Don't be afraid. Now, what's your name? The Clapton Finnegan. <laughs> What's your problem, Mr. Finnegan, outside of the fact that you're alive? <clears throat> well, the, my problem, Mr. Morgan, is your yeah. girl. You see, the, we're secretly engaged. Yeah. Only the two of us know about it. Oh, just you and the girl? No, just you and me. <laughs> I see. Well, all right, go on with your story. Well, the, this girl's name is Mary O'Toole, but yeah. there's also another girl I kind of like. She's... Her name is the, the Mary O'Brien, see? O'Brien, yeah. So the other night I says to her, Mary... Mary O'Toole? Uh, no, Mary O'Brien. Right. <laughs> uh, I says to her, Mary, uh, weren't you engaged to a brother of Mary O'Shaughnessy's? Yeah. Uh, does Mary know about that? Mary O'Shaughnessy? No, Mary O'Toole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I says to her, what will Mary say when she finds out? Mary O'Toole? No, Mary Kelly. <laughs> Mary Kelly uh, Yeah, she's the girl who operates the beauty shop sister Look, uh, <laughs> young man, exactly what do you want to know? Well, uh, can she sue me? Well, if she doesn't, I will <clears throat> Just how long have you known this girl, anyhow? Oh, a long time We met in kindergarten and I knew her all the time that I was in school Oh, you did? How many years were you in school? The counting the year I was in kindergarten? Yes One year <laughs> Well, uh regard for you changed in any way? Oh, dear, no, not a bit. She yeah. still hates me. <laughs> well, if she didn't, I'd hate her. Uh, have you ever tried bringing her little presents to win her affection? Oh, yeah, yeah, dear. The other night, for instance, yeah, the other night I bought her a big box of candy. Yeah. But about half past eight, a tough Marine walks in, sits down on the sofa next to my girl and starts eating all the candy. Yes, well, you know the Marines always moving in somewhere. Yeah, but I got even with him, though. I yeah. turned out the lights so he couldn't find the good pieces. <laughs> I, uh, I think I can solve your problem, my boy. You've oh. got to be more romantic. Oh. The next time you see your girl, head right for the sofa. Yeah. Snuggle up close to her. Yeah. Put your little head on her shoulder. Yeah. Gently caress her hair. Yeah. Look deep into her eyes. Yeah, yeah. And then as her lips part. Yeah, yeah. Well, never mind. Just give me her phone number. <laughs> Next case. Oh, you didn't think I could handle this job, eh, Jockey? Well, I didn't think you helped him very much with his problem. Who cares about him? I solved mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody else looking for advice? Well, uh, I have a woman here, Frank. Mrs. Clara Bagley. Well, Mrs. Bagley, would you mind stepping up a little closer to me? Mine? Oh, you silly man. <laughs> there. Am I close enough now? Yeah, well, I think so. You're breathing down my back. <laughs> 
Now, no tricks, Mr. Morgan. I know what's in your mind when a girl stands next to you. Yeah. It's in the minds of all you men. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> well, I suppose you're here for advice, Mrs. Bagley. What's your problem? Well, you see, Mr. Morgan, I'm a woman. Uh, yes, I see. Uh, <laughs> that explains why you're wearing a dress. Uh, go on. Well, I hardly know where to begin. I know I'm grown up now, but my mental age is still sweet 16. And you're physical? Oh, yes, very. Well, shake hands, so am I. I mean, that's too bad. Uh, what is your problem? Well, about six years ago, I met a man named Wilbur Jones who proposed to me. Yes. I told him I was all alone in the world, and he said so was he. He said it would be wonderful, just we two alone against the world. Against it, yes. I see. <laughs> and then after I married him, I found out he had four kids by a previous marriage. You must have been infuriated. Oh, I was, and yeah. so were my five kids. <laughs> you were really loaded, weren't you? <laughs> oh, yes, and the place is just a madhouse. Mm. You see, his four kids and my five kids don't get along with our six kids. <laughs> Did, uh... <laughs> Did Wilbur ever keep rabbits when he was a kid? <laughs> well, well, uh, so you have 15 kids, eh? Mm, it may be 16 uh, soon. You don't mean... Uh... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we have eight boys and seven girls, and Wilbur would like them to come out even. Uh, well, suppose your next one is a boy. That'll make it nine and seven. Don't worry about Wilbur. He'll even it up if it takes till 20 and 20. <laughs> but, uh, and Wilbur's quite a boy. <laughs> I, uh, I've heard of eager beavers before, but he's just ridiculous. Next <laughs> Oh, uh, Frank, I believe this young man is next. All right, young man. What's your name? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean your full name. <laughs> Who is he, the Sunset Bus? <laughs> don't you... Don't you recognize his name, Frank? This is Harpo Marx. Oh, Well, well, so you're Harpo Marx. <laughs> Are you married, Mr. Marx? No, not married, eh? Well, has your problem got anything to do with a girl? I don't, uh... <laughs> I don't know whether that's three plain girls or one Lulu. <laughs> I see, one Lulu. <laughs> well, I suppose your trouble is on account of a rival shooter. I thought so. What sort of a fellow is he? Ah, <laughs> uh, Sergeant, eh? <clears throat> now, when did all this trouble start? I see, Saturday night. <laughs> now, exactly what happened Saturday night? You called on your girl. Were her mother and father home? <laughs> Just her mother. <laughs> uh, 
Well, uh, what happened then? Did you take her over to the sofa? Did you put your arm around her? No. Oh, both arms. <laughs> then what? I see. How do you feel when you kiss your girl? <laughs> You blow your top up. <laughs> All right, you were kissing your girl. Then what? Aha, uh -huh, someone at the door. Who was it? <laughs> the rival, eh? What did he want? <laughs> I see, same thing you wanted. I bet you punched him right in the nose. <laughs> well, did you tell him what you thought of him? <laughs> well, didn't you tell him to keep away from your girl? Well, what did you do? <laughs> oh, you jumped out of the window. Well, Harpo, I'm afraid your problem can't be solved. It's go been going on since time began. If I were you, I'd give up women and turn to something else. Ah, music. That's excellent. Go ahead, play something. Thank you, Harpo. That was beautiful. Now, uh, who's the next case on our problem forum, jockey? This young lady right here, Frank. Well, good evening, young lady. Name, please? Uh, Gracie Allen. Well, I didn't expect to see you here, Miss Allen. What's on your mind? Well, as you know, I'm married to George Burns. Oh, yes. You do have a problem, don't you? <laughs> You don't know the half of it. You see, Mr. Morgan, Rita Hayworth just moved into the house next to ours. Oh, Rita Hayworth moved into the house next door, eh? That's right. <laughs> the one with the lovely terraces. Yes, hasn't she, though? <laughs> uh, I've always... I beg your pardon. <clears throat> Go right ahead with your story. Well, um, it began a few nights ago, Mr. Morgan. I woke up suddenly in the middle of the night and noticed that George wasn't in his bed. Then, as my eyes became accustomed to the dark, I thought... George! Huh? What? Get away from that window and put down those field glasses. <laughs> Gracie, I was only looking at the stars. I was trying to find the Big Dipper. Well, you won't find it in Rita Haywood's bedroom. <laughs> Honest, honey, it's just an accident. I happen to be Accident? Up. Accident nothing. A peeping Tom isn't bad enough. I have to marry a binocular Burns. <laughs> Sweetheart, I was just looking at the sky. Honest, I never looked into Rita Hayworth's bedroom in, in, in my entire life. 
I don't even know what it looks like. You don't even know that a wallpaper is green, huh? It isn't green, it's blue. Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Oh, so it's come to this, huh? You'd rather look at Rita Hayworth than you would me. Gracie, that isn't true. Oh, I've been going to bed in a bedroom every night for ten years. But when I do, do you ever reach out for your binoculars? No. <laughs> Why, you, you, you even take off your bifocals. Gracie, you're making a lot of fuss over nothing. Oh, yeah, well, I guess you're just tired of me, George. A girl comes along who's beautiful and glamorous and sensuous, and what do you do? You leave her and go after Rita Hayworth. <laughs> Gracie, I give you my word, Rita Hayworth means nothing to me. She just happened to move next door with her husband, Orson Welles. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no difference between them. George, you better get yourself stronger binoculars. <laughs> Gracie, will you please believe me? Rita Hayworth means... George, we'll continue this discussion in the morning. Come to bed. Yes? Oh, uh, hello, Miss Hayworth. I, uh, I had to come in and see you, Miss Hayworth. I'm your next-door neighbor, you know, Gracie Allen. And I want to talk to you about my husband. Why, well, I don't think I've ever met your husband. Oh, maybe not, but he's been seeing a lot of you lately. <laughs> he has? Yes. You see, our bedroom faces yours. Well, I don't know what you mean, Gracie. I always pull my shades down. I know, but you throw a terrific shadow. <laughs> <laughs> you know something? Orson says yours isn't bad either. Oh, really? Oh, Orson always was a dear boy. <laughs> you know, he used to watch your window every night until someone stole his binoculars. I think I know who got them. <laughs> now, Rita, this is very pleasant being admired by each other's husbands, but I think we'd better put a stop to it. Oh, I've already dropped a subtle hint to Orson about it. Matter of fact, it just missed his head. Well, uh, Orson knows he shouldn't do things like that anyway. Orson's a very intelligent man. But look at my problem. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid you're going to have to throw a little scare into George. Well, that's exactly why I've come over here. Rita, I have a plan. I want you to make love to him. Make love to him? Yes. Did you say you wanted to scare George or me? Oh, look, don't you see, Rita? When a woman gets a man in trouble with his wife, he never wants to see the woman again. So if I can catch George making love to you, I'll have no more trouble with him. Mm -hmm. I see. You plan to burst in and surprise us. That's right. Will you do it, Rita? For me? Well, all right, Gracie, I'll do it. But I hope Orson doesn't find out about it. Well, supposing he does. What can he do? Saw you in half again? <laughs> well, that, that's true Now, before we go any further Rita, I, uh, well, I want to be sure you make convincing love to George And, uh, well, I know you haven't been married as long as I have So, um, uh, shall we have a little talk? <laughs> Are you going to tell me about the birds and the bees? Oh, no, no, no <laughs> you to chirp at him or buzz at him. I um, just want you to be convincing. Now, don't forget, the minute you have him trapped, out I rush. Yeah, but shouldn't we have some sort of a signal? Yes. 
Oh, when you're ready for me, why don't you say something to him in French? Oh, well, what about l'amour toujours l'amour? Oh, that's wonderful. It sounds even better than French. <laughs> All right, Rita. Till tonight, then. Yes? Why, George, don't you recognize me? I'm Rita Hayworth. Oh, Rita Hayworth. Sure, gee, you, you look so different from the last time I saw you. <laughs> What can I do for you, Miss Hayworth? Darling, you know what you can do for me. I want you, dearest. <laughs> Who? Me? Of course. George, my sweetheart. George, my love. Didn't you know? Why, uh... Who? Me? <laughs> well, it's... It's useless to pretend any longer, George. I I've tried to hide it, but I can't. You can't? <laughs> no, darling. Hasn't anyone ever told you that you're tremendously attractive? Who? Me? <laughs> no, no one ever has. Well, George, you are. Look here, Rita. I'm a married man. Yes, yes, I know you're worried about leaving your wife, but, but you needn't, George. Don't forget, I make a very nice living, too. <laughs> but I love my wife, Rita. No one shall stand in my way. Come here in my arms. Hey, cut that out. Rita, let go. Don't you dare to... L'amour toujours l'amour. Huh? L'amour toujours l'amour. You just said that. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't seem to be getting me any results. L'amour, toujours l'amour. Ha, ha. Now, Gracie. Oh, you wolf, you cad, you two-timer. Uh, sorry I was late, Peter. I had a run in my stocking. <laughs> oh, so it was a frame, huh? Oh, quiet, you beast. Don't you dare talk to me after I walk in here and find you in the arms of a woman I'm practically certain is not your wife. <laughs> Save your breath, Gracie. I know you framed me. No, oh, it's no use, Gracie. It looks like he's on to us. Well, yes, I guess so. Well, thanks anyway, Rita. Oh, that's all right. Well, goodbye, Gracie. Uh, goodbye, Rita. Oh, uh, oh, by the way, you know all that stuff you were telling me about the birds and the bees? Yes. Better tell it to George. <laughs> up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.